In this month's episode of Table Tennis Talk, we talk about the Hungarian Open and Qatar Open. Also, we discuss Joey's experience at the U.S. Olympic Trials, new rackets from Butterfly, and how to practice your serves. And, okay, okay, we talk about coronavirus. We talk a lot about coronavirus. Everything's canceled because of coronavirus. There. Is that what you wanted? and welcome to a, another episode of Table Tennis Talk. This one's a little weird. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Lewis. I'm not here with Joey Cochran. Joey is miles away. Hey, Joey. Hey, hey, Ryan. How's it going? <laughs> good, good. Um, good. So we we are we are not in the same location like we normally are uh, due to social distancing and and you may not have heard of the coronavirus but um, it's this thing that's happening and making people kind of uh, keep their distance so if you haven't heard of the coronavirus for by now like you're probably in a good spot and just stay there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah don't leave the deserted island that you're at um so we're we're trying a new thing i'm at home joey's at home we're we're uh doing this thing remotely so it's going to sound a little bit different. It it's probably I'm I'm going to try to make the audio and everything sound as natural and as good as possible, but it's definitely going to sound different than normal. So um, apologies for that, uh, and hopefully it it is still very listenable. Uh, so Joey, how's how's your month been? Um, well, <laughs> it's been uh, you know. So I went to the Olympic trials uh, a couple weeks ago now. Um, did all right. Uh, finished, we'll talk about that later, I guess, but we'll finished, finished up that tournament, went on a little trip, uh, around California, went up the coast with my wife and went to San Francisco. Uh, but ever since then, I've just kind of laid low a little bit. Haven't really been playing a whole lot of ping pong for like a couple weeks. And then I, uh, then the virus hit. So, um, ever since then it's been kind of still laying low, just kind of self quarantine from teaching a little bit, but not a lot. A lot of people are canceling for obvious reasons. So, um, just kind of been staying home, doing some chores around the house that have needed to get done. Um, we had some trips that we had planned. Uh, we were actually going to go to the UK in two days from now, <laughs> but wow. Uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, and then those got canceled or whatever we can, if we, we can get there, but we will never come back kind of thing. So called up Delta, they gave us a refund, which was nice. Um, and actually in April we had planned to go to Italy. So two trips, we hadn't bought those flights yet, but the, that trip's not going to happen either. So just kind of canceled some travel and laying low, but it's been, it's been a good month. Just nice and relaxing, more unusual compared to most months, I think. So for a lot of reasons. Were, with the canceled travel, were you able to get like a refund or anything? Yeah. So at first I, 
I called and I was online, like on hold for a couple hours and just had it on speaker or whatever, <laughs> sitting there. Um, finally got through to somebody and um, they were giving out stipends. So okay, like they would basically give the price of the ticket uh, back, but you had to use it within one year of when you purchased it. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that's, that's not bad, right? I mean, I didn't purchase yeah. any insurance or travel insurance or whatever it is. So, I mean, I was going to take it. But then when I was on the phone, they're like, oh, it looks like they just canceled your flight. So, because it's canceled, we can give you a full refund instead. Oh. Do you want that? So, I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. I'd rather have the money than, than the stipend. So, yeah. we, got the, we got our money back, which was nice. I haven't called. We, so, we have like a rental car in the U.K., um, so I got to figure that out. And actually there's another flight that I have that I haven't, I haven't called yet, but I'm going to try to cancel it. It was only like a $60 flight, but I would still like the money back if I can. I don't know if it's worth two hours yeah. of hold, but, um, yeah. If there are any so. listeners in the UK, they can, uh, have a rent. There's an available rental car for, <laughs> yeah. Just say you're me. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's in Edinburgh though. See, so if you're in London, you'll have to have to get up there somehow <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah but cool. yeah how's how's your month been yeah kind of crazy like yours um we we had we had one training session a couple weeks ago um that's the only ping pong i played in the last month unfortunately um i've i've been training for a 5k and and that was going all right until my foot started bothering me when i'm running oh bummer so, at least like with running, you can kind of just be by yourself and not really worry about catching yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, totally. I did have a, I had signed up for a 5k in May, so I doubt that's going to still happen. Mm -hmm. Um, which, which might be better since I've got to figure out what's up with my foot. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, um, just doing some work, working from home, um, like probably everybody. I think you've been, yeah. have, have you been working from home also? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, last week was like work at the office. Like we were given the option, but I kind of like to be in the office a little bit. So I was going into the office for the mornings and then kind of working from home in the afternoon. But then today is like my first day working from home full all day. So cool. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get into some news, um, some non-coronavirus news. We'll we'll cover that in a second. But, yeah, let's do it. Um, there's there's a bunch of new product news that you can uh, that you can buy and then not use <laughs> until this whole thing passes over. But um, so uh, yeah, there's there's a couple of new Harimoto blades. Um, the Interforce ZLC and the Interforce Super ZLC. Um, I, I've been looking at these and I can't figure out what the difference is. <laughs> they look the same. Well, they have one Super ZLC, <laughs> one is regular well, the, ZLC. The numbers are different. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the big difference. The, yeah, the big difference is like $300 compared to $440. So. <laughs> if you want it to be super expensive instead of just regular expensive, then go with the super ZLC. But you know, when I saw these come out, I was actually pretty excited. Um, just cause it's, I, I've loved my, 
my Harimoto blade. So I'm actually kind of excited to see these. Do you want to switch up? The way the economy is right now, I'm just going to hold off a little bit. (laughs) 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 I see if I actually need my money um, or if I can slough $440 on a piece of wood. (laughs) Yeah. Or better yet, maybe if, if it's really bad, Butterfly might do a sale. And then you could pick it up for cheap. Yeah, maybe if that's the case, then I'll I'll do that. There's another blade called the Revoldia CNF, which stands for cellulose nanofiber. And there's a I'll link it in the show notes. There's an article by Brian Pace who kind of did a uh, he got a he got a preview copy of it. And at at the end, he said he's been using like the same blade for a couple decades, or I guess for the last ten years. And he actually switched up. He this is his new blade, which is um, it's it's a pretty some glowing praise, I think. You know, I I love the way this one looks. I don't know how it feels or whatever, but I love like the design of it with the white in there. Hopefully, it doesn't turn gray from like sweat and stuff. But it <laughs> it looks it's like a really pretty racket, and yeah, I kind of want to yeah. see it in person. But and one thing that was kind of weird about this one, I noticed is. Normally you get like straight handle, flared handle, handle and anatomic, but they only allow you to pre-order this in flared. So I wonder if it's even an option for the other for the other style handles. Oh. Um, and those all come out on April first, I think. So yeah, the the Harimoto blades and this Revoldia. Yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, Brian mentioned in his uh, pre-review is how he he was saying it feels like wood. And yeah. And so, I mean, I, I probably can never really, I wouldn't be able to feel stuff like that, but like, are you able to tell when things have like carbon fiber versus wood and like, what, what is it? What's the difference? Yeah. Feel. So the, the wood is just like a little bit softer where the carbon fiber is kind of just like stiff. It feels like I'm just like stiff the ball. There's not much arc or anything like that in, in your shots a lot Mm -hmm. of times, but I don't know. I, I always liked wood, uh, just like straight wood rackets for the longest time. But ever since I tried the Harimoto, I, I'm, I'm, I've loved it. And actually, I've tried a few other rackets now. Um, the Zhang GK, which is another like $440 racket. I just tried it over the weekend. Yeah. And I actually really like that one too. And I didn't used to like it. So I'm kind of, the, the carbon fibers really kind of grown on me. Cool. Um, so I don't know. I probably would. I'd, I'd be willing to give the Revoldia a try, but I kind of think I'm sticking with with probably just the Harimoto, but carbon fiber rackets for now. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Brian too because I had used my paddle for I don't know 20 years or so, just like decades, and I finally switched, and that was a that was a hard thing for me to do, but it was I mean at the time it was the right choice to make, and I've loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I've loved the new carbon fiber Harimoto. Yeah, it looks like this cellulose nanofiber is like a new thing. It's this is the first racket that butterflies made with it. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of it before this. So yeah, I think it's the first one. Yeah, it even looks like it might be kind of like a new technology just in general. Yeah, butterflies always kind of cutting edge with their equipment, especially with their racket and rubber balls and stuff are pretty much always the same, but like it seems like they do more in the technology side and then other people try to catch up to them, like like with Tenergy, for example. Like that was that was awesome when they first came out with Tenergy. Everyone wanted to have Tenergy, and it was like sold out forever. And all these other companies were trying to get a hold of like or make something that was similar to Tenergy. 
And it's like, this is Donix 10 energy. This is Sega's 10 energy. It's like, they're all trying to mimic and, and chase after butterfly. They're always kind of on the cutting edge of equipment. It seems like. Wow. That's cool. So, um, in more news, there were a bunch of European national championships in the last month before kind of everything closed down. Um, there were, there are too many to count, but there were just a couple ones that I noticed. Um, the England nationals took place and Liam Pitchford won that, um, French nationals, Simone Gozi won that, um, Romanian nationals, Bernadette Sox won for the, on the women's side. Um, and then the Finnish championships, um, actually in a previous episode, we talked about the Pongfinity YouTube channel and one of the guys, Mika from that actually made it to the finals. So he got silver. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so there were, man, it was really hard to get information about these national championships because it's like they're spread all over the place. So to put it simply though, that's a, that's a thing of the past now. Um, let's, let's move into our coronavirus impact segment. <laughs> oh man. It's terrible. <laughs> so an article that ITTF posted today, we're recording this. It's a uh, Monday. We'll, we'll have this posted. I guess it'll be yesterday. If you're listening to it on Tuesday, when it'll be posted, um, ITTF suspended everything until the end of April. Everything is canceled, which is pretty nuts. <laughs> but I mean, I guess, I mean, they're just going like, I mean, ITTF is canceling it, but like everything else is also canceled. I don't know what people are going to do for sports. Cause I can't live without sports. <laughs> like NBA is canceled. March Madness is canceled. Uh, I don't know. Everything it seems like everything on ESPN is like gone. ITTF canceled. It's like, I haven't even like, I, I don't usually watch ESPN, but yeah, I mean, what are they going to be? What are they going to be talking about? Like, what are they going to be showing? Like reruns of <laughs> yeah, previous we, games or something? I tuned in last night and they had dodgeball up there it's like it's like that's actually pretty cool i mean but yeah it's like when was the last time you saw dodgeball in primetime espn it's like never man i you know that makes me think the ittf is really missing an opportunity because they could still be doing the seriously somehow get on espn i I mean if they're showing dodgeball yeah uh yeah um so uh deeper into this news um they they had already suspended the um, ta- the table tennis championships, um, which were going to happen in Busan, South Korea, which is one of the places that was hit really hard by coronavirus. They had moved it to June, but they're saying that it's probably going to have to be moved later. Um, and then there, we had our Olympic trials in the U.S., but some other countries still didn't have their Olympic qualification events. And so they're looking at, like, how else can we... Um, determine qualifications other than holding a tournament. Um, and then it said they're meeting again at the end of this month to, I guess, see how things are are going. And that's, what's weird is like how quickly things are happening. Like I would even say a week ago, things were different than they are now. And oh, I just, totally different. I remember yeah. like a month ago when we were recording our last episode, it was like, Oh, there's this coronavirus thing and maybe it'll affect some things. And now it's like, Wow. <laughs> what hasn't it affected? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I read an article that was talking about how they're considering con- keeping the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, but not having any fans. Yeah. And that was like a month ago that they wrote that article. So potentially they, they may not even be considering that anymore, but 
that would be a really weird Olympics. It would for sure. It, it'd be nice to actually, I mean, it'd be better than canceling them completely, but yeah. I think, yeah, for sure. An Olympics without fans would just be kind of like without a heart, you know, <laughs> like be hard to watch yeah. a little bit, but I think like it'd be better. I mean, I love, I love sports. So watching like March madness get canceled and the NBA get canceled. That was really hard. It's like, I wish they would just like play the games and if a player is sick then keep them out, but like just play the games and without any fans. And at least we can still watch it at home because everyone's at home right now. We can't really go outside. It seems like, like it's, I mean, we can, but it's, I don't know. It'd be good to actually have something to watch, but now it's like, I don't know. You got to stay home and you can't watch anything. It's like, well, so. you just gotta, you gotta whittle down that Netflix queue, man. Yeah, I do have quite a few books I'm in the middle of, so. There you go. All right, so let's talk about um let's talk about some of the events that did happen. Um all of these events are weird. It, it even feels it even feels weird <laughs> talking about this, but I I I think we should definitely um uh, touch on this. So, in the middle of February, the Hungarian Open happened. It was already affected by the coronavirus because China didn't attend at all. Um, as far as I heard, China, the Chinese national team, they went to the German Open and then they left the German. They didn't go back to China. Like basically right. it already started hitting and they were like, OK, don't go back to China. And instead, um, the Qatar Table Tennis Association basically got a place for them to stay and practice and invited them. And so they've been they're probably still in Qatar. I would imagine um, a yeah. month later. Yeah. So they went to Qatar and, and obviously, you know, there, pro- there was probably a period there where they weren't able to train or anything. So they just skipped the Hungarian open. Um, do you think that, do you think that's like a smart thing for them? Like, you know, I mean, if China's going to play, they're going to kind of going to win anyways, but mm-hmm. do you think uh, them, them skipping it was a smart thing to do? Uh, Probably. I mean, it's better to be safe than sorry. If one of them catches it, then the whole team is compromised mm. and they can't play anything. So I guess it's super contagious and it's probably just better to stay home yeah. Yeah. or stay in Qatar. Yeah. Well, so with, with China not there, it really opened up Japan to um, flex their muscles. And uh, they definitely did. The The men's finals uh, was a, it was almost an all- Japanese final for for all the events. So the men's singles was um, Harimoto and uh, Yukia Uda, who um, had a couple months ago had won the Japanese nationals, had beaten Harimoto with the Japanese nationals. So mm-hmm. they had a rematch at the uh, finals for this Hungarian Open, and Harimoto actually beat him this time. Um, so that was that was interesting. The women's side, uh, Mima Ito took it which is basically like what you would expect at this point it's either somebody from china or it's mima ito right uh, because that's how it goes um she played ching yi ching from um taiwan um so yeah hungarian open i I don't know it was it was an okay tournament but it it just feels weird when when like an entire national team just doesn't attend the the favorites yeah it kind of doesn't feel like um it doesn't feel normal it feels I don't know. It just feels weird. So, 
everything's kind of um, weird right now. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So after that, um, the, uh, the U S Olympic trials happened and you were there. Um, so tell us more, give us some details. Yeah. The Olympic trials, um, they were in Santa Monica, California. Um, they had a couple of weird things. So they had, they had signs on the door saying like, if you've just come from China or if you have been around anybody who had just come from China, like just stay home. We don't want you here. Um, so the, the crowd was just, there was really wasn't much crowd. There was maybe a few people, a lot of coaches mm -hmm. and players, obviously. Um, but as far as the competition goes, it went all right. So I won the way that it was set up was the first two rounds were single elimination. Um, so I won both of the single elimination rounds, which put me into the top 32. Um, so eight people were seated cool. out and then everybody else had to play in, into, uh, into the final 16. So there were eight spots still open. So I made it to the final 32. Um, there were groups of three, there were eight groups of three and then the eight seated. So, and then the winner of each group of three would make it into the, into the final 16. So in my group of three, uh, I played a guy named Dan Liu, who mm. is about maybe 25, 50, 2600. And he took me out, which was kind of a bummer, um, a huge bummer. <laughs> the main thing that kind of beat me was his serves. So in the first game, I, I outright missed five of his serves. In the second game, I outright missed five more of his serves. So the first two games, the first two games, I actually only scored one point on his serve, and it was because he missed his own serve. So that was that was a killer. I just couldn't handle his serves at all. Um, and when I did, it was just like too weak, and it he just got right in the point. I was I was probably trying to do a little too much with it because um, I was missing so many. But um, yeah, he, serves were tough. So. He beat me pretty much on serves. And then the third game, I should have won the third game, but I still missed like four of his serves. I lost mm -hmm. it in deuce. And then the fourth game was pretty much just a walkover. I, I did better, but it was, yeah, it was kind of tough to lose that one just because I feel like if it wasn't the serve or like the third ball attack with my weak return, I was probably outplaying him. I felt like I was. Um, mm. On my serves, I did fine but just there's a lot of pressure to win every point on your serve because you're not winning anything on his serve. So that was kind of hard. Um, yeah. So then in my second match, I was, I was a third seed in the group. So my second match was against the B seed. Uh, I played Seth Peck, who's a pretty good player. He's been training in Sweden for the last couple of years. I think, um, he's from, originally from Ohio. Um, and, I ended up beating him 4-1. So because I lost that one game, I was out. So I, I lost 4-0 and then I won 4-1. And then Seth ended up losing anyway. So Dan Liu won the group. And then he ended up going on to get sixth overall. So hmm. pretty good result for him, but he didn't make the team either. Um, he probably should have been seeded. Like they took world ranking seedings and then USATT ratings. Um to, to figure out who the top eight were people are, but he, yeah, he's, he's a dang good player. And he even defaulted one of his matches in the final 
after he advanced. So he probably could have finished higher, but he just didn't want to play um, for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Uh, so, yeah, so that was pretty much my tournament. You can actually, so I have all of my matches recorded um, and I put them on my YouTube channel. So if anyone wants to see them, they can. I, I, I've been contacted by USATT to take them down, but I don't really know why because I've asked about it and they said I was allowed to put them up um the right so that with the olympic stuff anything olympic is is pretty tight as far as like what you're allowed to wear what you're allowed to record and post and publish and stuff so before I before I uh posted anything I talked to the olympic people and they said as long as I'm recording my own matches and I'm using them for like my own personal use I'm allowed to post them and do whatever I want with them which is ex- exactly what I have. And then USATT said, hey, you have to take them down. So I've been kind of talking back and forth like about that. And they, I'm not sure how long they'll be up, I guess, is what I'm saying. So if you want to check them out, go check them out. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll post those in the show notes. Yeah. And actually, this channel is the channel I'm going to be posting coaching videos and um, for, for people who want to learn um, from me on YouTube. So uh Feel free to subscribe. I actually have some videos recorded. I'm going to be posting them pretty soon. So that's something to do while you're um, self quarantining. Exactly, and actually, make more, I'm, make more I'm planning to do some more. I mean, yeah, I'm planning to do some more tonight. So, yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was actually that was something when we um, last month when we talked to your coach Dan C. Miller, um, he had talked about the Netflix documentary and i from from what i saw on his facebook post that was canceled because the olympic committee didn't allow um the filming yeah so (laughs) the olympic committee actually didn't ever actually reach out to ask or they to let's see they didn't actually there was no communication at all in that whole thing they probably could have come and there were like areas where they could have been recording and interviewing and stuff but like right no one no one did anything with it. So I talked to Danny. He said, so he's he's still under contract with Netflix. So there's a chance that it'll still happen. But okay. that was like the the prime event for it. So that would have been really yeah. nice for the Netflix. So I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm not really sure. It's kind of just in limbo right now. Dang. And then as far as the results, uh, so it, it, <laughs> there were a couple of things that were kind of interesting to me as far as the results of the Olympic trials. So Originally, they were going to select two people to just automatically be on the team based on world rankings. And then at the Olympic trials, we were all playing for one spot. Um, but then one of the players, I don't remember who it was, one, it was one of the women, uh, sued and said, hey, that's not fair. Uh, you can't select and just play for one. So they ended up changing it. So they selected one spot and then everyone was playing for two more spots. So what that did was... For the men, um, the two people that were selected were Kanak and uh, Nick Teo, Nicholas Teo. So after after the results, after we all played, Nick Teo actually didn't make the team, which sucks because he was on the team, oh, and then man. he wasn't on the team. So the 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 final the finalists are uh, Nikhil Kumar and Joshin um, for the men. And actually, the same thing happened on the women's side. So the Olympic trials are really tough. And I, on, in my opinion, I think everyone should have to play them. Like, I don't think that 
I think what they did was right. Like selecting somebody based on who you think is is kind of bogus because things like that change all the time. Sure. Yeah. On the women's side, it was uh, Lily and uh, Yu Wu who were like really close. They were neck and neck on world rankings. And Lily just barely edged her out. Um, so Wu Yu had to go to the Olympic trials and she also didn't make the team. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So she ended up getting third. So she missed it by one match. Both of her losses were seven game matches. She won everything else and lost twice in seven. Man, that's so disappointing. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're, you're on the team and now you're not on the team. <laughs> like, honestly, they probably shouldn't have ever been on the team, but as a, as a selection, but. I mean, that's the way it works. And Lily's pretty lucky that she was, she edged her out in the world rankings, which I'm actually glad that yeah. she did, that she's on there. But, um, so yeah, the, the women's it's Lily, it's Crystal Wang, uh, and Hu Jing Wang. So hmm. yeah, just kind of a little bit random, a little, like <laughs> not yeah. who I was expecting to be on the team. Yeah, for sure. What was the, um, what was like the atmosphere like? I feel like a lot of tournaments, you know, everybody's competing to to win. But if you don't win, it's like, eh, it's not really, it's not necessarily a big deal. This one is like the prize for winning is is maybe the stakes are a lot higher than normal. So like in between, yeah, totally. like in between competitors, was it more, uh, I guess, less friendly than normal? Or what, what did you feel? Yeah, definitely less friendly for sure. Um, when when you're at the Olympic trials, like, like you said, the, the prize is so big, like you're representing your country, you're going to the Olympics. Um, and it's only every four years. So it's not like an annual thing. So most of the time at tournaments, like you said, people are kind of friendly and talking to each other and hitting with each other. And in the Olympic trials, it's, there's none of that. You play your match. And like, I think I only had a few just like short words with a couple different people. But it was pretty much just like you just kind of stay to yourself and stay focused and just kind of do what you can to just be in the zone um, and not get distracted. So, yeah. yeah, like I didn't really hit with anybody. I just hit with my coach um, and I I didn't really talk to anybody. Like when I wasn't playing, I just I left the hall. I just kind of stayed by myself. Um, yeah, I just it, you just kind of stay to yourself. And that's kind of how everyone is. They just kind of just kind of seclude yourself from everybody and stay focused as best you can. I usually have some headphones in and I go lay down on a bench somewhere and just kind of, just kind of listen to music and relax and rest. What's your, uh, what's your, what's your pump up music? Uh, yeah, I actually, I love to listen to a lot of techno music. Um, when I'm just chilling, um, actually <laughs> I like, um, <laughs> I like pride and prejudice music. Just like it's it's so calming and soothing. I just like put it on. I have like a Spotify playlist and there's like no words. So I can just like, it's all instrumentals. <laughs> Do you mean like like classical? Yeah, like classical music. Mean? Yeah. Okay, okay. Like, like for like the with Pride and Prejudice and soundtrack with Kira Knightley. But when I'm playing <laughs> okay. a match, like that's like when I'm trying to calm down. Like it's just kind of soothing, calm down music. But when I'm playing a match or before a match, I'm listening to like techno, sandstorm, from day rude is like my go-to but any kind of techno cool. music nice. yeah or is, there's actually uh i have a playlist that my wife just showed me actually it's uh zelda uh remixes and hmm. it's like instrumental 
music from Zelda, which I love. So sometimes cool. I'll listen to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's, let's move on to the other big uh, premier platinum ITTF event, which is maybe the last for a while, potentially, I don't know, maybe the last for the year, but um, so the Qatar open happened and um, this, you know, is kind of, I would imagine would be China's uh, tournament considering they had been there uh, training for, for at least a month. Um, it was weird. Like you could definitely tell that the coronavirus was in full effect. There were no ball boys or ball girls uh, picking up the balls so that the um, competitors had to go and get their own balls after points, which was bizarre to see at that level. Um, the nobody was shaking hands. That's like weird. the competitors, the judges, nobody. They would just kind of nod to each other. But it was like, oh, man, it was so weird. Um, and then there was basically no no spectators. The only people that I was able to see in the crowd were people from the teams, basically people who weren't playing. Uh, so uh, really weird, really weird event. Um, but in terms of competitors, they were it was uh, almost everybody kind of came out for it. Um, so it was a good showing. Yeah. Um, Wang Chuchin is back finally after his suspension. <laughs> Um, he has a new, I think he, he has a new hairdo, uh, that, which is the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. No, but he, he actually came out and beat Ma Long, um, in the, in the first match, which is, uh, quite, quite impressive. That's not easy to do. Um, and then went on to, to be beaten after that, but that's tough to I mean, get Ma Long first up. Like, yeah, but I mean, that's the time to get them when they're cold, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but honestly, like if, 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 if I could sum up Qatar open, I would, with anything, I would say this was Liam Pitchford's tournament. Like he, um, performed amazingly. He, he beat, uh, Samsonov, he beat, uh, Chang Chi Wan, who we, um, talked about in our who's who last month. And then the, the big prize is that he beat Shushin, uh, that four is, games to that two. Was the most- that was the most surprising win for me. Like Shushin's been just completely dominant for like months and to take him out was, yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. He, man, it was amazing. He, he got to the final. He, um, did not beat Fun Jin Dong, but he did take two games off of him and, um, Fun Jin Dong took gold, but, uh, man, I mean, what a tournament Pitchford, like he continues to get better. Like last year he was doing really great. And then, like he kind of wasn't doing super great for a while. He did meet Malong last year, so that was kind of one feather in his cap. And now he beat mm-hmm. Shushin, so that's another feather. Yeah. Um, and he almost took out he uh, is, Dong too. Yeah, that would have been that would have been really great. Um, but yeah, he's just keeps doing great, even on the men's single side. Um, uh, him and uh, Paul Drinkhall got to the finals um, and lost to the Chinese team. Um, but really impressive mm. tournament for him. Um, on the women's side, uh, Mima Ito got to the finals against Chen Meng. Um, as, as you would expect, she's just continues to be on fire. Um, Chen Meng beat her though. Dang which it. Every is single time of, she makes it to the finals or wins, I swear. Yeah. Just, I feel like it's been a Mima Ito Chen Meng final 
like multiple, I, I, I didn't pull the numbers, but multiple times, like in the last year or so. And I don't think, I think Mima Ito has only beat Chun Meng once. Um, but then Chun Meng kind of got her number and, um, has, has beaten her, um, pretty handily. She did beat, or Mima Ito did beat Ding Ning though, who was the last yeah. person to beat her, I think. So she beat her four zero this time, which is pretty nice. Yeah. It's nice to see that it's, um, she, she continues to maybe go back and forth with the Chinese players because, you know, sometimes like Miyu Hirano, like she won the Asia cup a couple of years ago and beat all the Chinese players. And then I guess they figured her strategy out and she has not been doing well against them at all since then. So, um, it's nice to see Mima Ito continues to, to innovate and it's, it's more of a back and forth than just she wins one and then, and then disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's keep, keep moving on in our show. Let's talk about T league. Um, and the big news is that T league has been suspended. <laughs> yeah. They had, they had one, they had two matches. They had the finals. That was the last thing that was going to happen. It was supposed to have happened. Uh, I think, I think this weekend um, and they suspended it uh, because of coronavirus. Um, the finals were going to, or are going to be whenever they play them um, on the men's side, the Kenosha Meisters who are kind of the clear, um, clear uh, dominant team. Uh, this the season favorites for sure. Versus Astida. And then on the women's red elf, your favorite yeah. um, versus Kenosha Abiel. So, uh, between Red Elf and Abiel, they're uh, they're they're pretty close, but Meisters are definitely um, far uh, above all the rest of them. So, so when I see these, is Kenoshta is that a club or a city? So the Kenoshta Meisters and Kenoshta Abiel are those. What is Kenoshta? Um, yeah, so Kenoshta is it's actually like a table tennis group. Like it's it's a company. Kenoshta Group is a is a company in Japan. Um, that sponsors both of these teams. Oh, cool. That's what we need here. Yeah, they probably do have um, clubs because even before T-League came out, um, sometimes you'll see um, Harimoto, if he's not wearing like um, like a a Japanese uh, jersey, it'll actually say um, Kinoshita Group on his, on his, uh, on his like Jersey or his shirt that he's wearing. So I think it's like, um, it's like an association, I guess it's, it's kind of weird. I don't really know. Interesting. Maybe it is like a club. Maybe, maybe that's how I, I, I probably need to do more research on this maybe, but maybe in Japan, that's kind of how they incorporate as a club. It's like a group and then it can kind of move between different clubs. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, like if you look in, um, and if you look in the Japanese nationals, um, you, it'll show the players and it will show their association, and like Harimoto, it'll say Kinoshita Group next to him. Um, so maybe it is like because I know I know like like the Olympic trials, it was a similar thing for the U.S. Olympic trials. Like you had to say which club you're associated with. Uh-huh. Um, gotcha. So, well, cool. Um, but. I, I updated the T League YouTube playlist that we have, and so if you uh, if you want to watch that, that's something you can do while you're 
while you're quarantined and social distancing. Yeah. You can watch all of all of this season's T League highlights. Listen to that epic, epic music while it. Um, I've actually hardly yeah. seen any of them, so I should I should definitely go check those yeah. out. I'd be interested in seeing that for sure. They're really fun to watch because they're all like three or four minutes long, so you're not. It's not a huge time commitment, and it's always like, um, the best points, and it's a few points from each match, and just. There's a lot of like uh, intensity and people are really into it. The The only bad thing about it is they they've cropped the camera so you can't actually see the total score. Oh, so man. like it'll it'll be like a killer point And you're like, OK, where like where was this point <laughs> in the match? Like who's winning? And you can't actually see it. So that's really frustrating. But dang. That's like, other, yeah, other than it that. takes some of the drama out of it. But maybe it adds if it's like 10-0 or something. It's like, well, now you have this awesome point, but I don't know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay, let's do some Joey's Coaching Corner. Sure. What you got, Joey? So um, since we're all kind of quarantined, I figured I'd cover uh, serve practice. Uh, it's, it's pretty much the perfect thing to do when you're by yourself and don't have anyone to play ping pong with. So... A few key things when you're when you're practicing serves. Um, the first is like don't be afraid to to miss. Um, usually, when I'm practicing a new serve, I I'm mostly just kind of working on the motion and getting like a lot of wrist action. I'm not really worrying about the depth. Um, I actually a lot of times I'll just serve fast and out and just try to get like that nice whip and the wrist and everything kind of working together, and then. I, from there, after I kind of practice that, I, I tone it down and, um, try to keep them short and with keeping the same spin, um, maybe adjusting the spin when you're practicing serves, the biggest thing, if, if like, if you already have a serve and you just want to make it better, I'd say the biggest thing is to contact the ball low. So when I'm practicing serves like that, I already have established, I'll, I'll practice the height. So I'll, the first serve, I'll say, okay, I've contacted it maybe two feet above the table. Okay, next time I'm going to try to contact it lower than two feet. So maybe a foot and a half. And then if I can do that, then I'll try to contact it maybe a foot and a couple inches above the surface of the table. And then just keep working your way down until you're about maybe six, seven inches above the table, right around net height. Um, and you, that's that way when you contact it low – it'll, the ball will stay low. If you contact it high, then the ball has to travel down and then it bounces up. So it, it kind of pops and it, it's generally a higher serve if you contact the high. So if you're, if you're learning a new serve, just don't worry about missing. Don't worry about the depth or anything. Just worry about the spin. And then if you're already have, if you already have an established serve, just, I would recommend trying to keep it low. Cool. Maybe a good time for me to figure out my reverse pendulum serve. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When I first was practicing my, my reverse pendulum serve, my, to- my coach told me to give up. <laughs> Danny, he came over is <laughs> like, why are you like, why are I just give up? <laughs> Cause I, I went through probably, I don't know, box after box and I couldn't make contact. I was just swinging and I, I couldn't make contact with the ball. And it was almost just like a big waste of time. But now it's like, eventually I got it. It took me probably way longer than it should have. But what, it's, what was the it's breakthrough? One of my better serves. Um, I actually don't remember. I think it. Sometimes when I'm missing, I have to like watch myself contact it better. Um, so, mm. 
that was probably one of the breakthroughs for that one. I it's been a while, so I don't really remember exactly, but okay, yeah, cool. That with so with reverse <laughs> pendulum, there's so much motion, and it's it's not very natural for me. So it, it took me way longer to learn that one than any other serve. It's just like it was like months, and I couldn't even make contact with the ball. So <laughs> it was that one was rough. <laughs> All right, let's do some weird world of table tennis. And um, you you brought us something this this month. Why don't you tell us? Yeah. So I when I was at the Olympic trials, I one of my good friends was there, Rocky Wong, uh, from New York City. He's I hadn't seen him in years, so I was pretty surprised to see him there. He just came out to uh, just kind of support table tennis, and he had a few friends who were playing, so just kind of watching them and supporting them. Um, so he actually put together, it's like a mini documentary about table tennis and it's, you know, it's in our weird world segment of our show, but it's like, it's weird because there's so much like authenticity and like truth to the way he kind of displays table tennis in the U S that it's like, it's kind of just like a weird thing. Um, and he basically, he was a very good player. One of the top players, um, in I think he came from Taiwan, but he was one of the top players in the U.S. when when he was kind of in his prime, um, and he came over when he was pretty young, I think. So, um, yeah. The, so the name of the documentary is called Pong Road, Pong Road, and he he goes through like what it's like to be a professional table tennis player in the U.S. and he talks about like the travel. And like the money situation where there's just like no money in the sport at all and how hard it is for athletes. And I like when I started watching, I, I couldn't stop. Like I just, I started watching and I watched and watched and the episodes are like maybe 10 to 15 minutes long, not real long. So not a, like you don't have to invest a huge amount of time if you just want to watch one episode or whatever. Um, but it's, it's kind of just like a fun show. He's, he's, got some weird quirks that made me laugh. But, um, after watching a few episodes, I was like, okay, I got to stop. And, um, I, I want to watch it like with my wife. Cause it's just like, it explains it so well, like what, what it was like when I was playing and just kind of, it brought out like an emotion in me that I hadn't felt in a long time. Um, just like the, the trials and the hardships that you kind of go through as a professional table tennis player in the U S and, um, so I recommend it. Uh, I rec- definitely recommend watching it and I'm watching it with my wife right now. So I think there's maybe like 15 episodes, not a, not a lot. It was, it's definitely kind of a fun show. Is he, um, is he your age? Is it, were you guys playing at, like at the, competing against each other at the same time? No, he's probably 15 to 20 years older than me. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I'm not really sure how old he is, but he looks really young. I remember when, when I first met him, I thought we were like the same age, but he was like 20 years older than me. <laughs> that was when I was like 18. I thought he was like 22. So <laughs> he does look really young in the, in the, um, in the documentary. So yeah, I could understand that. He's, he's a really fun guy. He's a, he's a good guy. And yeah, I'm glad that he put it, put together the, the Pong road. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's awesome. I, I, haven't watched them all yet. I'm, I'm halfway through, but it's very engaging even probably for people who don't, um, play ping pong. Like you said, it's probably a good introduction to yeah. Yeah, the totally. whole things. 
So we'll link that in the show notes and you can check it out. Yeah. And um, all right, it's time for upcoming events. <laughs> okay. Do you want to cover this or should I? This is going to be a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no upcoming events. That's, yeah. that's the long and short of it. Um, everything's been canceled. Uh, I think even I, I've been, I've been just things I've been seeing pretty much every upcoming tournament in America has been canceled as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you've heard anything from our local, the local Salt Lake club, if they're, if they're closing, but I, I can imagine they would be. So I was up there on Saturday. Um, but I, there's a couple tournaments coming up that I'm not sure are going to happen. Uh, I know that a couple in March have been, a lot of them, pretty much all of them in March have been canceled in the U S all of them internationally on the ITTF um, page. And yeah, there was a big one in Indiana that I almost went to, but I'm glad I didn't sign up because it got canceled. Um, So it's just kind of, everything's just up in the air right now. Everything's just kind of in turmoil and don't, no one really knows what's going on. So I think most everything's canceled. So yeah, pretty disappointing. Well, I guess it's better safe than sorry. Yeah. Anytime you get big groups of people with a highly contagious disease that can kill you, it's better that you just stay away. Yeah, for sure. Well, all right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening to this, uh, this weird, um, remote episode of table tennis talk. Um, I guess we will see you next month. Yep. See you next month. Thanks everybody. Table tennis talk is a monthly podcast by Joey Cochran and Ryan Lewis edited by Ryan Lewis. Music on the podcast comes from chill hop records. Find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us questions on our Facebook page at Table Tennis Talk Podcast or on Twitter at TT Talk Podcast.